Hello and welcome to The Fundamentals, the podcast that explores pop culture one conversation at a time. I am your host, Harley. Joining me for my return to podcasting after a brief hiatus is co-host of the Pointless Reinventions podcast, Holly Leonard. Holly was kind enough to come onto the show and share with me her deep love and passion for the fascinating motorsport that is Formula One. This really is the perfect conversation to kick off the return of the podcast in 2023. There is so much that we get into here, including the history, the engineering, some of the drivers, the kind of fandom that surrounds Formula One racing, and so much more. This really is a fascinating conversation that I will be sharing with you in just a moment. But just before I do, I want to give a quick trigger warning for the beginning of this episode. It's nothing too major, but basically at the beginning of this episode, we have a very candid conversation about how Holly got into Formula One, and that does involve discussions around self-harm. So if that's something that you might find a bit triggering or someone that you know who's listening with you might find a bit triggering, feel free to skip over the first couple of minutes of the podcast. Um, But as I say, it's really just a brief thing. And I honestly can't thank Holly enough for just being very brave, really, and honest and talking with me and with yourself about that. As I say, the rest of the episode is truly fascinating and hilarious, and I think you guys are going to get such a kick out of it. And as an added bonus, this episode drops the week that Formula One racing kicks off again in 2023, so make sure you keep an eye out for that as well. So, without further ado, and with this very croaky voice that I have as a result of some kind of weird virus that will just not leave me alone, let's just get on with it. This is Formula One Racing with Holly Leonard. Hello, Holly, and welcome to the Fundamentals podcast. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. And you're here with quite a unique subject, actually. I've just realised you're the first motorsport person I've had I on am. this show. You've had a couple of sports that are very singular. Yes. You've had the taekwondo and the weightlifting. I've, I've done my homework. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Yeah, we're, we're here with Formula One. So I really want to know, what was your introduction to Formula One? How did you get here? So... Oh, diving right in. So when I was yeah. very, very little, my my granddad always used to watch Formula One. So I've always had like the Schumachers and the Vettels and the Raikkonens and Hamiltons in my in my peripheral, but it's never been something yeah. that I was really passionate about. And then uh, I kind of had a bit of a trauma. And a couple of years after the trauma, uh, I, I ended up taking an overdose and ended up in hospital. Um, wow. And as a result of that, I kind of like hid away and kind of just became this little tiny shell of a person and mm. one day <laughs> one day I decided I was going to push the boat out and I was going to go outside uh so I went to my local drive through Starbucks which was like half an hour away with my locked car doors and I, I didn't even have to get out the car but I'd left the house yeah. um and then I came home and my dad and my brother and his girlfriend were sat in the living room and I was like you know what I'm not going to go and hide in my room I'm going to go and actually sit down and watch this with them So I sat down and I was like, can I just ask loads of questions? Because I don't know what this is about. And they were like, yeah, that's cool. Like, I I knew nothing about it to the point that I didn't even know that, like, slick tyres meant that they didn't have any tread. They just, they were smooth. They are smooth tyres. Okay. Um, And I was like, yeah, but they're not actually smooth. They're just less. And my my dad was like, Holly, Holly, no. And I was like, (laughs) okay. Um. And I, I picked up on the initials of uh, Driver, which were B-O-T. And I was like, lol, he's got a little bot bot. He's my little bot bot. 
Um, <laughs> and I was like, he's going to be my favourite driver. And his name is Valtteri Bottas. And he is my favourite driver. And he won that race. And from nice. that one race, I then... It was then the summer break. Um, mm. And that's about a three-week break. It might have been four weeks. I can't remember. It's 2019. So it's a little bit of a... It was the before times. I don't remember yes. time now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, by the time we came back uh, from that summer break to watch the next race, I was then talking to my family about how the brakes worked and brake by wire and what, how DRS worked and the amount of increase that you'd get on certain corners and certain races and what different strategies were. And I was like, I was so like immediately obsessed and completely hooked in this sport. Wow. Okay. Yes. You dove in deep into the technical stuff yeah it fully it fully just grabbed the almost like intellectual competition uh-huh because as much as the drivers are fantastic and incredible sportsmen the technology that goes into these cars is absolutely incredible and like i was i've recently listened to a book from a gentleman called adrian newey who's a uh, aerodynamicist and he's been around since the 80s and he went into when he was eight he decided he wanted to be part of motorsport and by 12 he decided he wanted to sign racing cars whoa and from 12 he then worked towards he did really badly in school he was a bit of a but by the time he got to like 16 he was like right okay i need to like get my head down now went to university and thought right nobody is doing aerodynamics everyone is just a mechanical engineer i'm going to go into this doing mechanics uh uh, doing aerodynamics Mm -hmm. and he did and he is still making he made the car that won the last championship this year and the championship before he's made so many world championship winning cars um he's got so many the names that he's got under his belt are just insane. The people that he's worked with, he's just an absolutely incredible person. By the time he was 24, he'd designed a car that won the Indy 500, which is Whoa. just mental. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's still to this day, like, I'm just talking about him now. Um, yeah, no, go for it. But he he still writes and designs cars on paper with paper and pencil. And he has three CAD engineers putting his drawings on CAD at the same time to try and keep up. Because mm-hmm. he thought, if I spend any brain power learning this new thing, I'm not thinking about the cars. Right. And he, did what he wanted to focus on the cars. So throughout his career, he's just had people drawing what he's drawing. It's That's just, amazing. He's incredible. That's so cool. This sounds like somebody who needs to have his own biopic or something. Like That uh, just sounds phenomenal. Honestly, I listened to his book... And I'm an audiobook fiend. I've listened to like mm-hmm. 70 in the last like six months. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I've re-listened to some as well because I'm I'm yeah. hooked. Um and it's probably the best book I've listened to in that time. And yeah. obviously he's talking about his life story and you know, there's bits about like when his kids were born and he was married and divorced and married and divorced and married and it, there is like hints at this in there, but it's genuinely a really funny book and it's it's so technical the way that he talks about the cars it's just like it's immense the knowledge that you kind of pick up watching it here and there mm. yeah so, yeah it's absolutely fantastic That's it's called wild. how to build a car <laughs> yeah i was gonna ask yeah yeah okay how, <laughs> how to, to build, build a car a, yeah how to build a car by adrian newey 
Awesome. Well, that's my first thing for the show notes to chuck in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there'll be plenty by the oh, end. Oh, there will. And Valtteri yeah. Bottas, you need, you need a link to his Twitter, because my goodness. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, we'll, I think we'll get onto the drivers in a second, because I... It's funny, I thought that's kind of where this might start with and go with, because like a lot of sports, right, there's that kind of rock star element to the yeah. athletes. And, and this form, is absolutely one. one of those sports. Yes, it has that in spades, right? Yeah. But I love that you've kind of dived into the background immediately. And it's like, actually, it's, that goes just as much in hand, right? As you said, it's like, there's so much of the engineering oh, honestly, has to be on point. It's so important. And when you see yeah. drivers, unfortunately, like Bottas, driving with somebody like Hamilton, you see how important mm. the car is, but how much yeah. the driver does make a difference. It's not just all about the car, but my mm -hmm. God, is the car important? Because you can see then those same drivers go into a different car next year and be miles off where they were the yeah. cars are so important and the the amount of well the money that goes into the budgets for these cars is is just into the car the driver's uh salaries aren't part of the cost caps that are currently like involved in the sport um mm. so yeah the driver salaries don't even aren't even included in that yeah no something of course. like 150 million i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> wow in each car it's 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 mad but then that kind of makes sense i mean i my only reference point is um i did watch a bit of formula one growing up but my dad's a biker so yeah motor gp was the the sport and yeah s similar i remember they had them talking about the millions and millions of dollars that go into each bike but yeah i knew the formula one would, would have been that on the similar level so yeah. it makes total sense because as you say there would be probably spending tons of money on the engineers all the mechanics needed and yeah absolutely fine-tuning it to make it as efficient and as fast as is physically possible yeah well you know as as a context adrian newey was on he he hasn't spoken about how much he's on now with red bull but mm. before that so i think he's i think he went to red bull I think it was in 2010 or 2012 and before okay. that he was on 140,000 pounds a year as wow. an aerodynamicist <laughs> amazing it's you know it's nothing compared to the 50 million of the drivers but it's still like yeah well actually, yeah now that you mentioned that why that you mentioned that i'm like hmm that seems like a bit of a disparity but yeah, yeah it's yeah <laughs> still still it's not a bad paycheck i wouldn't say no to that but no you know i think i'd be no. worried about that <laughs> i think I'd, yeah i think you'd cope wouldn't you you'd yeah cope. yeah but it's, it's fascinating as well because it, it makes me think that yeah there must be something to it in fact i wonder because i know with motor gp there's this thing of there is a disparity amongst the engineers in terms of certain bikes that are just like a, a leagues ahead of another set of bikes. So it, yeah. it's something you hear about is riders talking about the fact that I think you see the satellite or there might be another term for it. Apologies if you're screaming at your device because I don't know it. I'm sorry. Screaming at your iPods. But, yeah, screaming at your iPods. Um, but yes, there, there are two different types, basically. Okay. And one is like vastly superior to the other. So yeah. it creates this huge disparity where like if you're not on the top bike, yeah. It doesn't matter how good a drive uh, rider you are, like you're still gonna be those few precious seconds. Wait, Wait. Stop, stop the podcast. The, podcast. the, the host, host is wrong. wrong. Hello, and welcome to Correction Corner, a new segment of the Fundamentals podcast, due to my occasional ignorance. If you found yourself flying into a blind internet rage because of said ignorance, well, I can only apologize and hope that my taking the time to rectify the issue, accompanied with some sombre piano music, will help to calm you down. So what exactly was I trying to talk about? 
Basically, you've got factory teams and satellite teams within the MotoGP. Factory teams are basically what they suggest. They are teams that are sponsored by factories, manufacturers, i.e. Honda, Yamaha, so on and so forth. And they want to give their riders the absolute best technology that they possibly can. Makes sense, right? They're spending literally millions of dollars on the stuff. That's why they're going to get the very best. Whereas satellite teams, it's independent contracts. So they will get parts from these factories, but they tend to be last season's or other year's technology because they don't have as much money invested in them. Hence the disparity. Right, hopefully that's calmed you back down and we can get back to Formula One. I wonder with, with this then, is there, is there a similar issue with riders and, sorry, drivers and um, the types of engineers they can afford and that sort of thing? Is like Red Bull, for example, able to throw more money at it so they've got a much more advanced car so, or are they all pretty much on the same yeah, level? Uh, it, it's a loaded question. <laughs> So in in the I past, do ask them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the past, the the gap between the top and the bottom has been unfathomable. There's yeah. been teams spending like five hundred million on their car, and mm. teams in that same league spending ten. Right. So the difference has been worlds apart. Um, yeah. They've done a few uh, regulation changes, like updates to the regulations. Um, and the last one was in, oh, I'm going to have to Google this one. Hang on. Nope. That's absolutely fine. Uh, so the last major one was in 2014 where they, uh, it became the hybrid era where we had the, um, we had electronic cars, uh, what was it called? Batteries. Uh, where they introduced batteries into the cars and, not just batteries, mm -hmm. but batteries that could store loads of power and it became a hybrid of petrol and electric cars. Oh, nice. Um, and this year is another regulation change which they've done to try to bridge that gap between the teams. So there's the cost cap now involved. Um, there is also... Uh, they've changed aerodynamic rulings. They've added certain things and removed certain things to try and make the cars more similar mm -hmm. so that there isn't quite the gap that there was before yeah. um because it, at so, yeah like like i said at some point the the difference was so vast that it would become like the same teams were winning but by winning you win more money yeah so the ones that were winning were just getting more money and going further and further and the teams were just getting left behind and couldn't get anywhere with right. it right yeah there was there was genuinely nothing they could do yeah um but now the the higher up in the championship you get the less uh, aero, uh, less time you get in the wind tunnel, which is where they develop the aerodynamics of the car. Um, you also get oh, there's there's different things. That's the major one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the reduction in wind tunnel time and the price cap is kind of what everybody is still talking about. Um, but it was all done to make it easier to overtake and to kind of bridge that gap. That makes sense. Yeah, that's why I was wondering. But it, I'm I'm glad to hear that that is yeah bridging the gap because. I imagine that must be quite disheartening if like, you've worked so hard to get there. And I imagine this is like, again, this is a high athlete thing. These guys would have Absolutely. given their lives to get to this point. And then you yeah. find out that, yeah, the team that you're with is, make it, is only able to spend like 
a tenth of what another yeah. uh, driver yeah. is. You'd be thinking, it's... oh, why am I here? I'm just going to be hanging out at yeah. the back. You know? I've worked this hard yeah. for my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it would be devastating. And you see drivers, because I don't know what it's like in MotoGP, um, but in uh, F1, there's only 20 drivers. Right. And it's those 20 drivers for the year. Yeah. There might be reserve drivers. They might, you know, get somebody in for a race if someone's poorly. But ultimately, it's it's a twenty driver league at the moment. Mm. That it, we've had more than that, but at the moment, it's it's ten teams, twenty drivers. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So you want it to be at least interesting, right? You want it to be a competition. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because you want it to be a competition, and but you know, it's almost definitely the best motorsport drivers in the world. Yeah. And. You know, there are paid drive, uh, drivers that daddy pays for the seat. Um, <laughs> right. We've got a couple of those in at the minute. One of them's just One of them's just had their last season. Thank goodness. Um, hmm. Embarrassingly bad. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I um, bet they're not that good. <laughs> no, no. And, and they get a lot of flack. And yeah. then I had a friend who was like, yeah, but he's not that bad. And I was like, have you actually looked at his record for the last five years? And they, he was like, oh, yeah, actually. Mm. <laughs> like... Compared to, so in F1, the ultimate rival that you have is your teammate yeah. because they are in the same car as you. Yeah. So it is down to skill. And yeah, the, the pay drivers just are never as good. <laughs> I, I can imagine so, because they've not worked for it, right? They have and they haven't. Um, to get into F1, you have to have something called a super license. Okay. Um, and super license is given to, I think, first and second in the Indy Championship. Okay. And f2 and i think that's it hmm. i think they're the only way you can get super license points is finishing in the top six of f2 and the top two of indy i think i'm not sure okay um but so coming up through both of those things if daddy is paid for the best equipment in everything that you've done and mm. the best teams and paid your way through everything mm. But you still have to be able to finish the races and get those super license points. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. But I guess I just wonder, because in terms of drive and determination, right, I'm thinking that's, yeah. I'm just thinking about the psychology of this now, like would that give you a bit more of an edge when you're there because you're thinking, you know, I've had to work for this. I've had to fight tooth and nail. Whereas if somebody's kind of paid for it and done half the work for you, it's like, yeah, you're right. Okay. You have the skills, but. You haven't really earned it, you know. You're not. You have some of the skills. Yeah. They're also not fighting for their seat. Well, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Yeah. And I think that takes away so much of the pressure. Yeah. Potentially, that's part of why they just don't tend to perform as well. Well, what have you got to lose? The other drivers are 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 proving themselves week in week out. Right. They're fighting for their seat week in week out. Mm. One good weekend can get you a seat for next year. Mm. And that's happened multiple times in the last like three years. Wow. Okay. So talk to me a bit more about your favourite driver then. So my favourite driver is Valtteri Bottas and he's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, there's uh, Valtteri started off his career with the Williams team. Um, the Williams team was started, I think, in the 70s. Um, and Frank Williams is a XF1 driver. Um, right. He found, yeah, founded the Williams team and is, is, he passed away, I think, last year or the year before. 
Um, right. But he, okay. when he passed away, it was genuinely a shock to everybody that was in love with F1. Um, mm. You genuinely felt it. And it was, it was, yeah, a bit of a shock. Um, but the Williams team has had their own, you know, wild history. So they've won with the likes of Nigel Mansell, Damon Hill and Jack Villeneuve. Uh, Etten Senna was in a Williams the year that he died. Oh, wow. Okay. Williams has a really long, wild history of ups and downs. Um, and mm. Adrian Newey, that I was talking about earlier, was actually the designer mm. of that car. Um, oh, so a very okay. iconic name in F1 is Ayrton Senna. Um, yes. And yeah, he passed away in a hideous weekend um, yeah, back I think in I 94. Was it a documentary or a movie or something about him? Uh, his potentially, life? I'm genuinely awful at TV and film. <laughs> oh no, it's fine. It, it was just I remember it being really compelling. Yeah, and yeah, like hit the the accident that he died in was just horrendous. Yeah, like, and whoa. that weekend there were four major accidents, two deaths, yes, and yeah. a coma. Um, yeah, yeah. Just absolutely wild that you know people die in this sport. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, which, I mean, it's, it kind of makes sense, right? You're throwing yourself around at ridiculous speeds in these paperweight cars. And back to Valtteri Bottas, he has the the fastest speed in an F1 car, and it's, I think it's 297 mile an hour. Whoa, I did yeah, not know that. Yeah, the car. <laughs> oh, that is bonkers. It is, it is absolutely insane. Um, so yeah, Valtteri started with, with Williams, um, in 2017, got a F1 win with Williams, um, and then was Hamilton's teammate. Mercedes took him up on that win. Um, he then has been a very good teammate <laughs> to Lewis, I which is, bet. yeah, that's an insult. And a, and a compliment. Um, <laughs> right. As I said, you, you, your biggest rival is your teammate, and his uh -huh. teammate is a seven-time world champion. He's never going to be seen in a good light. Um, but arguably, if he wasn't, if Lewis wasn't in the championship for the last five years, Valtteri would have won the championship. So, just mm. saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, he he is again a fantastic um, example of mental strength and mental health. And the drive that it takes to go in every day against somebody who is the greatest of all time, mm. statistically, and on your day, beat them mm. and stay on top of all of the haters. And, he, you know, he is him and his uh, current girlfriend and ex-wife all had so much hate directed in their way from Formula One. Um, and, and none of them... Well, he didn't let that get to get to him, and mm. he he did succeed, and he did do fantastically well. He he had ten podium, uh, ten wins. Mm -hmm. I think it was ten wins and sixteen poles. Wow. Okay. I think I am going to check that. Nope, that's totally fine. Because again, it's a toxic thing, and people will yell. <laughs> well, on that subject, yeah, I mean, we can talk about that about this sort of toxic fan base that seems to come with oh. this. 20 um, poles 20 poles look at me go sorry go. that's okay <laughs> I'm, I'm just thinking yeah on that subject thing because you mentioned the sort of the backlash and things like that i mean mm. i feel like you do get this in almost any sport and something i've discovered doing this podcast is it's almost anything in pop culture you will get gatekeepers and you will get yeah. toxic fans and all the rest of it so yeah. 
yeah, is it is it something that's quite common then within this particular fandom? Oh, absolutely. Uh, um, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a huge part of it, and right. um, there have been so many in the last literally like two years. The number of times the FIA or the teams themselves have print um, d- done statements saying this behavior this language xyz thing is out of order and not acceptable within our sport Mm. i genuinely couldn't tell you all the times the racism directed towards lewis he's the only black driver on the grid um excuse me um you know the the hate driven towards max verstappen and his family this year after it came out that red bull uh broke the cost cap last year right you know they're just two examples in the last three months i think Mm. that it's happened um it's it's genuinely awful um at the i think it was the dutch grand prix this year um there were a number of sexual assaults and verbal assaults and harassment in the crowd directed at other members of the crowd to the point that it was published and a statement was made by the fia by formula one by the teams that this isn't acceptable within our sport. Yeah, that's and such that, a that's shame. Not include, yeah, that's not including all of the online harassment that everyone gets and you can't voice an mm. opinion of that being shot down. And it's, yeah, it can be a really horrible place. <laughs> it's, it always, it's something, again, I've come across on this show a number of times and it, it always disappoints me that people yeah. behave that way because it's like, you want people to be interested in the thing that you like, right? Absolutely. So stop bullying people. Like, yeah. I don't get it. I just think, yeah, if if somebody likes a different team or they, they view the sport differently or whatever it is, like, it's fine. No, who cares? Like, exactly. it doesn't matter. And especially and when you get to stuff like assault, like racism, like really serious things you're talking about, yeah. it's like, that's not okay anywhere. And it certainly shouldn't be at a sport. I mean, I think about this, like, Someone like Lewis Hamilton you mentioned, for example, right? Like you said, yeah. arguably, well, yeah, according to the numbers, according to what you've said, the best that they've ever had. Yeah. So why can you not just enjoy that? It'd be like, how exactly. cool is it? We've got this guy who's pushing these boundaries, who's breaking these records. And he's doing records. it now. And people are fighting him and doing as well as him. This is incredible. Yeah. But it's like, that's amazing. Yeah. Why do you need to have a go at that person? But then that's yeah. a whole other podcast i think in itself is trying to <laughs> unpack what it is that motivates it's people it's cool to like things stop being horrible yeah that's the name of the podcast yeah yeah, that, I, yeah maybe maybe we'll have to rename it to <laughs> leave but, people um, alone yeah stop yeah it. you said earlier about gatekeeping yeah um, netflix released drive to survive which is their series on f1 uh, where they follow the teams and follow the drivers and do interviews and all of this and people have gatekeeping gate kept f1 right because you're not an f1 fan you're a drive to survive fan and wow i do understand and i'm not saying i'm guilty of it but if someone is like oh drive to survive got me into f1 it Mm. is like oh you like the fake drama side of things okay i would never say anything i would think it Mm. (laughs) right okay drive to survive is a very over dramatic driver focused side of f1 right okay um the drivers are the drivers of the story in in drive to survive and they make a lot of stories up 
Oh, okay. The current okay. Drivers Champion, Max Verstappen, hasn't been involved in this season or the last season of Drive to Survive. Right. Because of the stories they've made up about him in this previous series of Drive to Survive. He Dear. was like, I'm not going to talk to you. And yeah. they've kind of not been able to do anything about it. And yeah. yeah, the first year he refused to go on it, he won the championship and they had to use mm. audio from the telly. Mm. The same audio that everyone else has because they refused to do an interview with them. And fair. Very fair, I think. Purely because they made up a story. And this yeah. is this it's like a ten episode series about mm. this incredibly glamorous, incredibly dramatic sport that doesn't need fake storylines. It doesn't mm. need any of it. But that's what they've done. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's I understand the gatekeeping of it because it is pushing that the drivers are all the sport is about. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's not necessarily just about that but yeah if that's what these people are interested in that is okay yeah yeah talk I to always... them about the drivers that's talk to it. the others about the technology <laughs> that's it right i always feel like whatever your entry point is to something that's fine yeah and i've and i've always stayed and i've had to come to this you know realization myself i'll be honest of actually if someone enjoys something at any level that's okay that's not a problem yeah no. i mean I, I'll just you're allowed <laughs> i mean I, I always use music as an example but like this year master of puppets was played in the later season of stranger things spoilers oh my goodness um, i leapt out of my chair and cheered I and bet. and i had people messaging me going like oh this is a really good song and i'm like yeah it's it like is. 15 years old <laughs> yeah i'm like it's one of the greatest albums ever made like go and listen to it but that's the thing right yeah. If someone just goes, oh, it's a song from Stranger Things, I'm not going to take their head off. I'm not going to no. be like, how dare you? You yeah. don't know. It's Na- not that. Name it's 10 Metallica songs. Yeah. Name 10 Metallica songs. I bet you can't. It's like, no, sh- who cares? And it doesn't matter. They like that song. <laughs> yeah, it's like, exactly. It's like, no, they're just, it's an entry point for somebody. Yeah. And that's the thing, right? With this documentary, maybe that that's all it is to some people. So they yeah. like the drama. It may, not got, it may go no further than that. And whether- but it might be an entry point at the same time. It might be something that they come to you and go, Oh yeah, Holly, I watched this drama series about Formula One. It's really interesting. Yeah. And then you can go, it is. Here's a bunch but of other stuff this. that's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, it's why when when the first thing we spoke about in this podcast was mm-hmm. I liked it in 2019. But this is the reason why it's not because I watched Drive to Survive, everybody, because that's when Drive yeah. to Survive got popular. Ah, uh, um, okay, okay. But I, I, I have watched it and I will watch it every year. But I yeah. will watch it and be like, this is <laughs> Why are they right. doing this? What are they making this up for? This is what happened. And mm. it's, 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 oh, it's just so good. <laughs> mm. Well, that's it. And you, you can enjoy it on, the, on those levels, right? Again, that's, that's totally fine. And, and, that's, and that's just, that's any sport you get this anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and ultimately, Drive to Survive has brought hundreds of thousands and millions of new fans. Yeah, the- I bet. Money in F1 in the last five years is growing exponentially. It's genuinely terrifying. And Drive to Survive is a massive factor of well, there that. There you go. Because it's it's brought it to an entirely new audience. It's brought it from, a, like, I'm not going to call it gatekeeping, mm-hmm. but we the, the, a past uh, owner of Formula One, um, his name's Bernie Eccleston. He's an incredibly rich, very tiny man mm-hmm. who <laughs> has... He's like the stereotypical middle-aged white boy. Okay. <laughs> Where he's like 
got the tallest supermodel girlfriends, yeah. hundreds of millions of billions of dollars. I think he's a multi-billionaire. Wow. And just was just money grabbing and money grabbing and money grabbing for for to the years to the detriment of the sport. Um and he gave uh Sky exclusive rights, which took uh F1 off, I think it was on the BBC, um, which then naturally cuts your audience massively because it's not available for everyone to watch anymore. Mm. Now you have to pay to watch it. Oh yeah. That took so much money out of the sport, and then suddenly you put it on this streaming service, most popular streaming service in the world. Mm-hmm. Everybody was watching it. It's brought so much more money into the sport. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember hearing about that, and I recognise the name. I'm just looking the guy up. I recognise him, actually. Yeah. He's, he's genuinely a terrible person. <laughs> no offence, the man looks like death, but, you know. Yeah, he's not... He's not yeah, he's, he's looked poorly for a long time, but he's made some really questionable decisions. Um, it was also confirmed after the 2019 season that uh, Ferrari were getting a lot of preferential treatment mm-hmm. um, and they would get vetoes on rule changes, vetoes on regulations. And in, I think it was the 29 season, they actually had an illegal engine. Ooh. And it was either the 2018 season into the 2019 or the 2019 into the 2020. Again, sorry, everyone. It was COVID, mm-hmm. the, the before yep. times. Time doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, they it came out that they had an illegal engine. Ooh. They didn't get the punishment they should have got for it because they are in the pocket of the FIA and the FIA is in their pocket. Mm. And they kind of just had to change their engine for the next year and be legal. And they just plummeted. Wow. <laughs> they plummeted through the rankings. And I think they finished something crazy like sixth in the championship. Ouch. But I will just double check that. That's bad. Dear, oh dear. Actually, while, while we're on this, I'm just curious. What is the FIA? You mentioned it a couple of times, but I'm not familiar. They are the... Oh, gosh. Okay. The FIA is the Federation Internationale de l'Automobile? <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> I couldn't. I couldn't do any better. I just looked at. It. I looked at it and then immediately realized I threw you under the bus. Yeah, I'm so they're basically sorry. <laughs> in charge of um, safety, and they're like right. the governing body of motorsport. Got it. Okay. They are involved in the rules of F one. They'll also be involved in Mo- uh, MotoGP. I would imagine. I would have thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So basically, there was a lot of bit of a lot of. Um, there was a lot of bribery going on, is what you're saying, in between these various organisations, it seems. A lot of bribery, and also just... It's, it's not... I don't even know if it is bribery. It's just... It's cheating. Yeah. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah, it is. Ultimately, yeah. it's just cheating. They they just weren't mm. following the rules. They were, they were breaking the rules and just getting away with it because they're Ferrari. Their name pays their way. Yeah, I gotta say, because I kind of looked at it when I was in, when I was growing up, and it was it was Ferrari, it was the Michael Schumacher era, you know, it was like that was all you ever saw. Yeah, and that's kind of what my mind usually associates Formula One with. Yeah, is the the big red car. Yeah. Whereas you know, actually, it's nowadays it's more Mercedes, right, and uh, those sort of brands. Or who's it now? Actually, with Red Bull. Red Bull <laughs> with Max oh, Verstappen. Well, there you go. Yeah. A real zero to hero story is is the Red Bull story. Um, mm. 
I have double checked and it was it was Ferrari finished sixth in 2020. Ooh, um, ouch. And this year they were second. So okay. it shows, you know, you, you could question it, but I think genuinely they have done it correctly this year. Um, mm. But yeah, last, it was, it was, they came second in 2019 down to sixth in this, basically the same car the next year. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. But that's the thing. Ferrari is F1. Mm. The, the red car is so pinnacle. It's so iconic. You know, the emoji is a red car. Right. It's, it's the icon. Mm. And there's so much pressure on the Ferrari name. They want Italian drivers. They, every driver that, every driver and every team member that works Ferrari has to speak Italian and has to move to Italy. It's, it's part of the Ferrari thing. You have to do it. And they do. Because it's Ferrari. Sounds a little bit like a cult to me, but yeah, okay. Oh, it is. But that's F1. That's surely, surely someone talking about fandoms as their bloody as their podcast. Yeah. Understands that everything is a cult. <laughs> that's fair. That's very fair, actually. I, I have nothing to say to that other than that's very fair. Yeah. Um but yeah, Ferrari Ferrari have had <laughs> such icons over the years. They've yeah. they've had so you know the, the top names in f1 have all driven for ferrari except mm. for lewis hamilton <laughs> yeah because that was the thing i so who did he start out with things he's on red bull now you say is that so right lewis started no 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 no. Oh, he's not on red bull <laughs> i'm getting really confused yeah um so lewis started off with mclaren um, okay that's it mclaren yes now i want to check that i'm sure he did start with mclaren because yeah i associate him with with a McLaren, actually, now that you mention it. I forget he's been knighted. Yeah, I just pulled that was up this his, year. Uh, yeah, I just pulled up his, his uh, Wikipedia. I was like, oh, yeah, good for him. Yeah, look at him go. <laughs> Sir Lewis Hamilton, my apologies. Yes, McLaren, yep, yeah, got it, it here. It was with McLaren? Yeah, 2007 to... Uh, so it's 2007 to 2012, according to this. So he went from McLaren, then to Mercedes. Right, yeah, that's what I've got here. Um, and Mercedes... Wow. Uh, won all of the world championships from, <laughs> I think, 2014, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Yes, yeah, well, it looks like here. No, yeah. maybe not 14. Maybe it started in 16. I should insert some Googling music. I might write a jingle. <laughs> <laughs> Genuinely, you probably should, because there's been so much Googling in this so far. Oh, what's his name? It's time to Google. Okay, I've got it. Go on then. So, Mercedes won eight consecutive drivers. Uh, sorry. <laughs> so, Mercedes won eight consecutive constructors championships from twenty eighteen, uh, twenty fourteen to twenty twenty one. Okay. They lost the twenty twenty one championship uh, drivers championship to Max Verstappen of Red Bull uh, ah. on the last lap of the last race of the season whoa yeah it was oh that's so cool it was very cool very controversial <laughs> um and yeah. your f1 fan listeners will mm. want my opinion i'm sure because everybody wants everyone's opinion on it fire um, away i think max deserved to win 2021's uh, driver's championship he was the better driver he had more wins 
he had more fastest laps and he had more poles. However, he did not deserve to win it that way. The way it was won was disgusting. It made a Mm. fool of our sport. And it genuinely made me quite disappointed in in the sport. What do they do? Shoot his tires out or something? Oh, imagine if it was that simple. (laughs) So uh, the FIA, so the F1 race director, um, Michael Massey, Sorry, the ex-F1 race director, Michael Massey, uh, made a ruling on a... Before we even went in... So, I'm going to start again. Okay. 2021 was mental. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) It was so close between Max and Lewis all the way through. Max had a number of um, crashes that were him between him and Hamilton but but he also had a lot of races where he didn't finish due to other reasons someone crashed into him in one race in another race his tire popped and in that same race someone else's tire popped on another team and took multiple drivers out so he had issues that weren't his fault which is why I think he deserved to win that championship Um, right but he also caught a lot of flack from Hamilton fans who say that he is a dangerous driver oh okay most of Max's collisions that year and this year as well were between him and Hamilton. Right. As were Hamilton's. To me, they are as bad as each other. I'm not a Hamilton fan, but I'm also not a Max fan. (laughs) Max is an incredibly angry driver. Mm. He doesn't take, but he also Mm. kind of had it out for Lewis. Right. They just clearly didn't get on. <laughs> yeah. And it came out on track, which is mm. great for, for the sport, for people mm. who like to watch the crashes. I will put my hands up. They're brilliant. Mm. You know, it, it was great. But because of all of this feuding, it all was getting very, very, very intense and kind of started to boil over when it came to the second to last race, which was in Saudi Arabia. Mm. I'm going to check that as well. Uh, Abu Dhabi, I've got here, yeah. It's the last race. Yeah, the last race. I'm talking about the second to last race. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, it was. Um, and in that race, Max brake checked Hamilton, which is where you slam your brakes on so someone drives into the back of you. Oh. Um, it's arguable that he didn't. He did get a penalty for it, and mm-hmm. genuinely. I don't really see what Max did wrong because he was told to let Lewis pass him. So basically Mm -hmm. there's a rule where if you leave the track and gain an advantage, you have to give the place back to the drive you've overtaken. He was told to give the place back. He slowed down to give the place back. Mm -hmm. Hamilton didn't overtake. So Max put his brakes on and Lewis went into the back of him. Uh. To me... I understand why Max did that because he's like, why isn't he overtaking me? Put his brakes on. And then Lewis just went into the back of him and he's like, what is going on with this dude? Mm. But they went into the last race with uh, Max having, I think it was a three place grid penalty. I think Mm -hmm. it might've been five. I can't, again, I can't remember. That is something I don't care enough to Google, (laughs) but things were boiling over. Everyone was very invested in this, like, tit for tat going on between max and lewis yeah we get into the last race 
And going into the race weekend, I think it was after, I think it was after a practice session, Michael Massey, the race director, said, I'm not going to call a red flag if someone crashes on this corner. And give him his dues, he didn't when in the last race someone crashed in that corner. Oh. The issue was it was five laps before the end of the race. Ah, okay. Where really we want racing. We do not want this to end under a safety car. We want racing Mm -hmm. (laughs) to decide this championship. At this point, Lewis has battled it out with Sergio Perez, which is Max Max Hamilton's, which is Max Verstappen's teammate. Mm with some of the best racing I've genuinely ever seen. I think it was two laps mm-hmm. where they were battling every single corner. It was beautiful to watch, <laughs> genuinely. It was like some of the best racing I've ever seen. It was fantastic. And I, I've gone back and I'm watching like the 80s and 90s and early 2000s races. I love this race. What's it? I love this sport. There we go. Um, so then this crash happens. Um, I think it's turn 14 and it's Nicholas Latifi, a paid driver who has just had his last race. <laughs> he, <laughs> he crashes on this corner that the race director said, I'm not going to call a red flag gotcha. if this happens. Uh-huh. The safety car goes out. They are following the safety car. Lewis is in first. Max is... I think in third, it might have been second. I think he was in third and Perez, his teammate, was in second. But again, I don't care enough to Google that. Then there's lapped cars in between them as well. So it actually works out that he's about six cars behind Lewis. Right. But there's also other lapped cars behind Max. So there's so many cars in this jumble that it's almost like we're not going to have enough time for the unlapped for the lapped cars to unlap themselves. Mm. So in the space of about a minute, we're told the race will finish under a safety car. Then we're told the lapped cars cannot unlap themselves. And then we're told numbers A, B, C, and D are allowed to unlap themselves, which just so happened to be the cars between Max and Lewis right okay not all of the lapped cars just these few right so they are unlapping themselves very confused about what the hell is going on because this has never happened before Mm. and then the race has started with one lap left Mm. and lewis is going what is going on this Mm. isn't legal yeah this isn't legal max is like i mean i'm not gonna say no yeah (laughs) And they battle it out into the last corner because of the when the red flag uh, when the yellow flag was called and the safety car went out. Mm. Lewis didn't get new tires put on his car. Uh. Max went in and got new tires put on just in case. Sure. So Max goes into the final lap with brand new tires. Lewis is on old tires that he's just had a lap on lap battle with his teammate. Yeah. And he's just he's left for dust. Yeah. And Max just takes the championship. And it was fantastic mm. watching. It was so tense, yeah. but it is so controversial. And nobody can watch that and go, Max deserved that. Because it was just a joke. The whole thing was a joke. Wow. It should have been red flagged. Michael Massey should never have said that. Mm. No matter what he did in that situation, he wouldn't have won. Right. 
Because if he did call the red flag, he'd have been a joke because he said, well, you said you weren't going to call a red flag. Mm. But instead, he literally lost his job over this. Ah. It, it was it was so damaging to his career and genuinely damaging to the the integrity of the sport. Yeah. The shame, mm-hmm. <laughs> the shame of being an F1 fan in this race was just like, but, but the rules, <laughs> you're punishing people for breaking the rules and then you're breaking the rules and you're making the rules. Wow. Like it was just, it, it was so illogical. It was horrid to watch, but it was also brilliant. Like yeah. I was in a sports bar. Mm-hmm. In in Plymouth, surrounded by Hamilton fans, mm. being the only person. I was there with somebody else and we were the only people cheering on Max Verstappen. Wow. So Max is overtaking Lewis and we're going, yes! And everyone else is going, no! And then they're <laughs> taking it back and we're going, no! And then when Max won, we had to very quickly leave. Um, yeah. Because nobody was very happy. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was, it was bloody brilliant, I have to say. Yeah. And then we've gone into this year with the regulation changes and Red Bull didn't finish the first race. Neither of the drivers finished and Ferrari got a one-two and it looked like it was going to be Ferrari's year. Ferrari had bounced back and taken it and then yeah. Red Bull won the drivers and the constructors championships this year. Whoa. It's amazing. It's, it's the thing I'm taking away from that is just how much the sort of safety and the bureaucracy plays into the sport as much as the driver's yeah. ability, which makes yeah. a lot of sense because, again, they're going at such f- high speeds. And as we've mentioned before, yeah. there have been fatalities in the sport. It yeah. makes sense. Many. Yeah, yeah. So it makes sense <laughs> um, that they've got to try and at least be sticklers for the rules. But then when they're not, things get pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, this year we've had rule changes but they've also because of the mess of it last year they've changed things like track limits now the white line is the edge of the track on every corner of every track right whereas before sometimes it was the white line sometimes it was the inside of the curb sometimes it was the outside of the curb it was a joke Uh... nobody knew what was going on race on race so this year the white line is the outside of the track that's it two wheels have to be on the inside of those of the white line okay um we've also got two race directors who go together and make decisions on the team uh, on the rules on the day mm. in an attempt to make it more consistent and yes. less controversial um, Fair. there's always been race stewards who um make a lot of the decisions but now it's more consistent they're aiming for consistency because mm. there was no consistency with the rules over the last few years at all right okay um Oh, there was something else I wanted to say as well. Oh, and safety. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a there was a crash. Uh, I want to say in eighty four. Mm. Might have, it was in the eighties um, of Nicky Lauda, who is an Austrian driver and world champion, and he was racing for his championship um, against a driver called Jim. Oh, is it Jim Clark? James Hunt. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Close enough. There was Nick Loudon. He was racing for his championship against James Hunt. And there's there's a fantastic film called Rush. And oh, yeah. Heard of it. What, mm-hmm. Oh, it's brilliant. 
it's um I don't know who plays Nikki Lauda, but James Hunt is played by Chris Hemsworth. Mm. So that should be enough information to tell you what James Hunt's about. Yeah. Um, he was so hot. Everyone fancied him. He was so just passionate and going for it. And then there was Nikki Lauda, who was the calculated, calm risk taker, but sensible risk taker. Mm. And he always said that he would never take more than a 20% risk. Mm. And he was like, it's more than 20%. I won't do it. And it's it's it was just the calculated nature of him came across as very cold but very admirable. It's it's the side of F one that I admire. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the thought. It's the intelligence. It's the going into it. You know, obviously, all of those drivers are very very clever people to get to where they've got to. Mm. But it, it's that side of it that I I really love. Um, but yeah, um, Nicky Lauda was in a hideous crash. And I mean hideous. Um, it was a ball of flame. Whoa. And the photos of the crash, the photos of Nicky Lauda post-crash, and the photos of Nicky Lauda until the day he died were all very, very, very humbling. Um, he was trapped in a genuine ball of flame. It lost, I think, his ear. I don't know if he had any ears. He definitely lost one. Um, He took six weeks off being an F1 driver and then got back in the car and came second in the championship. Came second in the championship by one point. That's insane. I've just seen some of the pictures as well. Like, good grief. It's absolutely wild. Fair play to the dude, Um, though. That's incredible. Six weeks off. That was it. He lost his skin on his face. His lungs were being vacuumed. He was on death's door and he got back in the car. That's... And then just came second. Like, why? Wow, it's incredible. That is incredible. Um, another one that's far more recent um, 2019, there was a crash with Roman Grosjean right. in Bahrain. Um, if I will send you a link to this crash. Okay um because it is terrifying Mm -hmm. and it's scary because it means all of the safety measures that have gone in in the last few years have done so much but not enough Mm. because we hadn't seen fire like that in a very long time i think i might even know about this one Yeah, yeah he he literally pinged off a car just it looked on the onboard camera it barely looks like he's touched and he just pings off into the barrier and there is a mushroom cloud explosion yes i've seen that yeah the camera zooms away and you can see the car in two halves yeah oof and half of it is through the barrier Mm -hmm. this concrete Mm -hmm. metal barrier and it's just on fire and we don't know what happens and we're just watching this this fire and it takes i think it was four minutes and 12 seconds Oof. for them to say that Grosjean was out and alive. He was actually in the flame for 40 something seconds. That's too long. <laughs> it's a long time. Yeah. And he came out um, and his only real issue was scar- uh, burns on the back of his hands. Oof. And people like Nicky Lauda and a another world champion called Jackie Stewart who is someone again that I really admire and he's so fucking cool mm. 
um you'll have seen photos of him he was a very well-known friend of the queen um <laughs> she went to his 80th birthday like Aww, they're cool sweet. yeah like i don't i'm not a royalist but my god it's adorable that they're just friends yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but yeah avid fighters for safety in f1 mm. and um recently brought in a thing called the halo and the halo was hated f1 drivers are like uh sorry f1 drivers us everybody hated the halo it was ugly it was distracting it has saved so many lives mm. it's unreal um and that was after um the death of i'm gonna have to google it Uh, and that was an, after the death of Jules Bianchi, who was uh, the current F, uh, sorry, current Ferrari driver, Charles Leclerc. It's actually his, I think, godfather, mm. I think, okay. or cousin. It's very close relation. Um, and he drove into a tractor after a crash mm. and was in a coma and died a few weeks later. Um, and this halo was brought in to protect the driver's head. And in one of the crashes between Hamilton and Verstappen last year, uh, it saved Hamilton's life um, because Max just went on top of the car and it just went on top of the car and you s there was a tyre mark on Lewis's helmet that the halo had saved him. Good grief. And it saved Romain Grosjean in that crash because it stopped the car from crumpling. Um, he knew where to get out because he could feel the halo. Yeah. They do fire tests where they have to get out and unplug their seatbelts, unplug their... They have so many devices yeah. strapping them into the car. They had to... They have, yeah, practice runs. Um, but he couldn't figure out his way out. And he said the way he figured it out was by feeling for the halo. Mm. And that was how he knew where to get out. Um, his shoes came off mm. during the crash. Wow. But his feet didn't get burnt because of the fire protection that they've got on. Mm. But his gloves stayed on and fused to the fire protection inside the gloves. And that's why he had burnt hands. Ah. Um, and the thing that he said was the most frightening was his um, the peel-offs on their visors. I don't know if they have them in... Mm. in um, but they it's it's like a fly screen. Yeah. So you just peel, off, peel it off, plastic, plastic wrap. Yeah. That fogs black and burnt. And then all he could see around it was fire. Oh. <laughs> So he was blind with just fire on the very peripherals of his vision. Um, oh, man. But yeah, he got out the next year, uh, which was 2020, went into... No, sorry. Last year, he went into IndyCar and obviously with the name The Phoenix. Yep. And <laughs> <laughs> um, his car caught fire and he is seen running towards his car with an extinguisher. Incredible. And it's absolutely ridiculous but safety has come so far mm. but it's such a scary sport it is in in that crash he he hit 52g Oof. it's just mad i can't imagine that and then you can't you yeah. can't we can't we can't imagine that no that's enough to kill you <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i was surprised he's Sounds like he dodged a lot of bullets that day. They're in, they're incredibly fit people, yeah. and this is the thing: people that are like it's not a sport. It's like it is a sport. They go round five corner, five G corners every lap for an hour and a half. Yeah, no, you've got to have incredible to um, core the strength stamina, and stamina. The strength. Yeah. If you ever look at a picture of an F one driver, their neck is thicker than their head <laughs> <laughs> because they have to have such a strong neck because they're going around these corners. Yeah. 
Yeah. They 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 have to be so strong. They lose up to like three kilos during a race. Whoa. It's mad. That is mental. <laughs> that is actually mental. I knew it was a physical toll. Mental. I didn't know it was that severe. Yeah, but it's it's huge. It's crazy. It's wild, isn't it? But no, I just I find all this fascinating, and I think it's it's one of those. The more I learn about this, the more you talk, and more I'm like, there's so much to appreciate with this sport. I think, there's so many aspects to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. And I, I'm for going to go and check some more out. I mean, I got to find out where I can access it nowadays. But oh, so the season's just ended. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But you can watch archived races on F1 TV. Okay. In the UK, you can do that. Mm-hmm. Um, in other countries, I think you can watch them live on that. Um, nice. At the moment, you can only watch it live through Sky TV mm-hmm. or Now TV. Um, with the Sky pack or with the Sky Sports package, I think. Okay. Um, or you can listen to it on uh, BBC Radio Sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, five Five Live is it? I don't know. I I guess I think it's Five Live. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, there's a few places I don't know about abroad, but they're the places you can watch it here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the season has just ended. We have a Red Bull champion and a Red Bull championship. <laughs> nice. Um, in in Max Verstappen and Red Bull. Um don't know what it's going to be next year yeah when does it all kick off next year then because this will be put out march oh okay so this might come out around the time that it starts then because i'm going to put this out in the spring next year so that's if you're listening fine. to this it should just start very very soon very shortly yeah. um and if it hasn't started yet the weekend before it starts is normally when drive to survive comes out uh... so you can have a little a little binge of drive to survive before you start <laughs> get all the gossip yeah <laughs> absolutely i mean i'm gonna watch it yeah. you can't not watch it it's more f1 content exactly you know, there's there's people that just watch the race there's people that watch just drive to survive <laughs> i watch every practice session all of the lead up all of the wind down everything i get as much out of f1 as i possibly can and it's it's genuinely it has taken 23 weekends of my life this year <laughs> and it will take 23 weekends of my life next year fair enough well i guess all that's left to say really is just thank you so much i know we could talk for hours and hours and hours but genuinely um, could that's absolutely <laughs> fine and i guess really what i'd like to do is is open it up to you where can the good people find you to talk to you about f1 even more so to talk to me specifically about f1 i'm on twitter but i'm rubbish at twitter i, I <laughs> read twitter i don't tweet but you can tweet me or message me on twitter um i have my own discord mm-hmm. um which i can link to on twitter i don't know I also uh, I also have a podcast yeah. uh, called Pointless Reinvention, and we it's a comedy podcast where we kind of come up with improv ideas to reinvent certain things. Um, we've done cars, we've done clouds, we've done social media, mm-hmm. we've done weddings, <laughs> we've done all sorts of things. We just th- think of a thing and come up with ideas about it. I've cry laughed in many an episode. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do. Check it out. It's fantastic. Um, uh, And I'm going to be starting a new podcast. It hasn't got a name yet, but I'm going to be doing almost an audio book of classics that have been written by women. And I'm going to then do deep dives into those classics and talk about the history of the writer and the history of the book. And I'm very excited to do that. So if that's your thing, check out my twitter i'll tweet about it <laughs> well, hopefully by the time this goes out yeah you'll have it all set up and i'll, I'll put oh, links be, to all of it 
That would be fantastic. Thank you. Oh, no, you. it sounds like a great <laughs> idea. Yeah, I'll be checking that out. And, uh, and yeah, I've enjoyed listening to a couple of your uh, episodes on um, Pointless Reinvention. I think it's quite a fun concept. And yeah, I look forward to hearing more. It's chaos. It is chaos. <laughs> Some of the best podcasts are. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Holly. And thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. And there we have it. Thank you so much to Holly for coming onto the podcast and kicking off 2023 with me. I couldn't have asked for a better guest or a better topic to start everything off with. As I said at the beginning of the episode, Formula One is returning the week this episode comes out. It should be the 3rd of March is the first race in Bahrain, according to the official website that I'm looking at right now. So make sure you go and check that out. And if you do, then go ahead and message Holly and myself let us know what you think of Formula One, if you're a fan or if you're jumping on board as a result of this podcast. I know we would both love to hear from you. As you heard, Holly could talk about Formula One all day, so I'm sure she would be delighted to hear from any of you about this subject. You should, of course, go and give her a follow and check out her podcast, Pointless Reinventions. It is a really fun listen. I've put links in the show notes where you can go and find all of that. And yeah, go check it out. Go support her and her friends and what they do. And speaking of supporting other podcasts, I'm delighted to say that as this episode comes out, I am on an episode of Caged In Coppola Connections. It is the fantastic podcast hosted by a previous guest of this show, Petros Patsilovas. Petros does an amazing job going through what has to be the most extensive and possibly the most powerful Hollywood family that there is out there, looking at all the movies that are connected to the Coppola family in some form or another. I had an absolute blast talking with him about The Founder, starring Michael Keaton. You can check that out via the links provided in the show notes. It is a wonderful podcast that you should definitely subscribe to, and I'm not just saying that because he was kind enough to have me on the show. That episode should come out the day after this one, so make sure you keep an eye out for that. And finally, if you want to support this very podcast, then why not consider a few simple ways of doing so? The absolute best way to do it, and it's free, is just to tell people about it. If you've enjoyed this episode, then share it with somebody. You can do that via whatever social media platform you like. I am just about hanging on to Twitter and Instagram at the moment. So if you tag me in those posts, then I will do my best to share them. Or you can just tell somebody via word of mouth. That also works too. Or you can maybe yell at them as they're going past in a Formula One car. Not sure how successful that attempt would be, but I'd appreciate the sentiment nonetheless. You can, of course, also leave a lovely five-star review on your favorite podcatcher. Please make sure that you let me know when you've done that so I can give you a massive thank you on this podcast. Just like I'm about to do for one Andy Godian. You remember Andy. He's been a guest on this podcast a few times now, including some wonderful topics such as the Rocky Balboa franchise and Star Wars and Scrubs. Andy, as well as being an amazing co-host of the Ramblin' and Amblin' podcast, was kind enough to leave me this wonderful review on iTunes entitled Come Back. Thank you, Andy. I really appreciate that. It reads as follows. An inspired idea and always a delight to dive into a diverse range of topics with Harley and his incredible guest, particularly that Andy guy on Rocky and Scrubs. Please come back soon. Andy, I couldn't agree more with you. There are some of my favorite conversations and I'm not just saying that because you left me a review. So if you haven't heard them, go back and check that out. And of course, go and check out his podcast, Ramblin' and Amblin' podcast hosted by Josh Glenn as well, another wonderful guest on this podcast. Good guys. Just good guys. So if you want to be like Andy and get yourself a lovely shout out on the podcast, that's all you need to do. Sign in to whatever platform you use, leave me a five-star review, and let me know. 
And of course, you can contribute to the podcast financially if you are in a position to do so and you would like to do so. Simply head over to TeePublic or Redbubble to purchase some merchandise featuring the wonderful artwork designed by one Alex Jenkins, his details also in the show notes. Or you can head over to the Coffee Kofi page, however you pronounce it. That basically allows you to donate some money directly to the podcast and that helps with the ongoing costs of running the show. And that just about does it from me. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode featuring two brand new guests on a spectacular movie-based topic. So make sure you are here for that and that you do not miss out. In the meantime, have a great week and I will see you all next time. Bye.